0: Hello everyone, we are here for another episode of the Evolving Wife Podcast and today I have a very special guest. Um, today, Jordan Madison is joining me and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she is, um, practicing currently in Maryland and DC. She owns and practices at therapy is my jam LLC, a private practice that helps individuals and couples heal from their past to understand their present and create the future they desire she is prepare rich certified and also trained in eye movement desensitization reprocessing which is which is um emdr therapy and she received her ba in psychology from spelman college and ms in couple and family therapy from the university of maryland she recently authored the cbt journal for mental Health which is available for purchase on amazon.com. Outside of being a therapist, she is a blog writer for Therapy for Black Girls and a recurring guest co-host on the Because Life with Sidel podcast. She is passionate about reducing the stigmas around mental health and therapy, especially within the Black community. She uses her Instagram platform, Therapy Is My Jam, to promote conversations and educate others on building and maintaining healthy relationships as well as normalizing and prioritizing self-care. So without further ado, I introduce to you Jordan Madison. Welcome Hi. Jordan.
1: Hi, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, absolutely. I've been wanting to you know, get an interview with you for the longest. And so I'm excited that you're here. So I just want um, to ask you, what led you to pursuing family and marriage therapy in the first place?
1: Um, so I, I knew I wanted to be a therapist for a while since maybe I was like 12 or 13. I wasn't sure uh-huh. what kind of therapist, uh-huh. but I knew I always liked like helping my friends with like relationship problems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the summer before my junior year at college was when Michael Brown was murdered.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: just remember being like, really torn up about that. And I was like, you know, I don't even know this man and he was killed and like imagine like what his family is going through. Mm -hmm. And so I really just started to think of how often in the black community our families are torn apart or something happens and we have to just like keep going. And so I wanted to be able to help others through their problems, help them with their relationships. And in my mind, if I can help create healthier family structures, healthier relationships that would in turn create healthier individuals. So that's kind of what led me there.
0: Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, because this is something that I'm really interested in, um, both as a trauma survivor and as a relationship coach, Mm -hmm. is the connection between the past, particularly our childhood, and Mm. our ability to sustain healthy relationships. So as a therapist, what is your take on the connection between those two?
1: Mm. When you say that the first thing that comes to mind is the attachment theory, because that is rooted in, Mm. or it began from studies of babies with their moms and Mm. how babies were either securely attached or anxious attached or like avoidant. And there are further studies like my undergraduate thesis was on like attachment styles and monogamy and there's adult forms or adult styles of attachment mm-hmm. and so to me some of that always like not always but some of that begins from childhood obviously I think our romantic experiences can shape or alter how we have been attached but mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's in childhood when we're an adult and when we're in relationships, sometimes our partners may be triggering stuff or reminding us of a parent or of someone from our childhood that we couldn't confront then as a kid. And, Mm. you know, I think that that sometimes brings up a lot of uncomfortable feelings or you're easily triggered and then your partner is unsure of what they did because in their mind, they're not thinking that this would have been a big deal or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa. A lot of times you might be triggering your partner are reminding them or bringing up stuff from their past and they're not sure of it or they're yeah. not like you're not sure of it because you didn't know. So I think that, you know, communicating and sharing with your partner what you've experienced in the past, but also doing your own work. Like I don't think you have to be completely healed in order to have a partner. Cause I think we're always healing. We're mm-hmm. always evolving, but doing your own work and to understand what your triggers are, what maybe really brings up emotions for you so that, When you do have a partner, you can say, when you do this, this is what this brings up for me. Even if that's not your intention, this is how I'm experiencing it.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's like, as you're saying, you get triggered. But sometimes we may not have that awareness of Mm -hmm. what, of if we've been triggered and Mm -hmm that it's something from the past. So when your clients come to you, how do you help them develop or become aware that, hey, there's something in my past that I probably need to address?
1: Well, I'll usually ask questions like, when's the first time you remember feeling this way? Or I may ask, does this current person's behavior remind you of anyone else's behavior Mm
2: -hmm. from the
1: past? And it doesn't always have to be childhood, right? Mm -hmm, Like it could be mm -hmm. Teenage or young 20s, or, you know, it doesn't have to always be childhood, but I try to go back to maybe the first memory or the first time you recall feeling this way and helping them to see if there's been a pattern, if, you know, they got really emotional when their partner started to yell at them or something. Mm -hmm. And if it was like, I'm used to my dad yelling at me or something like that, like if it brings up anything. Um, So that's, those are like maybe the two main questions that I ask to start to connect if there's anything from the past that's that's coming up
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and so I know that as a therapist you are passionate about bringing mental health into the black community so what Mm -hmm. do you feel is like the main thing that you see is important like why is it so important for us as a black community to emphasize mental health in the wellness space well, I think because
1: we as a black community have, ex- as, at least especially in this country, have experienced so much daily stressors. We
2: mm-hmm.
1: are, I mean, historically we've been treated, you know, not the greatest. We've been treated horribly. We have been oppressed. We like, there's mm-hmm. multiple different things that have happened. Yes, things are better and we're not like, dealing with slavery or dealing with Jim Crow South, but there's still things that are happening and that are just either microaggressions, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we're just so used to like, well, this is just life. We have to deal with it and we have to be strong. We can't, or we've been taught not to show weakness. We've been taught not to let stuff get us down. And so we just compartmentalize or we don't process it or we don't talk about it. And we just keep pushing because it's like, I can't sit here and cry about it. That's not going to help anything. So I just have to keep going. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But then we never really give give ourselves the time to process, like, how is this impacting me? What is this bringing up for me? Can I surround myself with people who, like, get it, who heal, Mm -hmm. who help me heal, who talk about it, who make me feel safe? Because it's easy to not feel safe in this country and to be able to surround yourself with people who who get it, who express their emotions too who let you know that you're not alone, who maybe do activities with you that are healing like because obviously being black in America is not just pain, there's black joy, there's black love, there's all these other things
0: yeah
1: but on the in the day to day we sometimes get lost in like I just have to keep moving, I have to keep pushing and so being surrounded by people that also remind us that our blackness is beautiful, our experiences make us resilient um and we're not just the sum or the definition of what we've like gone through and overcome in our trials we also are triumphant as well
0: yeah i love how you talk about that because um i think sometimes we get so caught up in um trying to make a better life mm-hmm. and to continue the legacy that our parents have given us and right. not mess it up. And so I know personally, you know, my husband and I, we found ourselves kind of in this loop of success, 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 trying to pursue whatever that success is
2: mm-hmm.
0: and try to just squeeze in our marriage wherever we can. And we got to this point where we were like disconnected, mm-hmm. but not even realizing it because it's like you you fall into this pattern And you become so familiar with that pattern that you kind of forget what it felt like to just enjoy and have fun together. So that that concept of like joy and black joy, especially, you know, for black men, like we expect men to kind of, you know, in this society to always have it together. Mm -hmm. know what you're doing, be financially stable. And we expect black women to be like, be feminine, but also you got to, you know, hard working and
1: do it all. Yeah.
0: right. It's like, okay, like, how do I do it all? You know? Mm -hmm. So I love the idea of prioritizing joy and wellness and rest and rest. And I noticed like your content is like, every time I look at your content, I'm like, this feels so calming. This feels so peaceful. (laughs) Yes. So can you talk a little bit more about the connection between self-care and healthy relationships, particularly romantic relationships?
1: Oh, I think that's a great question. I think if we're not taking care of ourselves individually, it can impact our relationships easier, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I've had a really bad day and then I'm stuck in that bad mood and then my partner comes thing that irritates me, Yeah, I'm more likely to snap at them or be frustrated or give them an attitude. And then they're going to be like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what's wrong with you? And then they might be on defense mode and then they might have an attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm having a bad day and I take a second to take care of myself, to check in, like, how am I feeling? What made my day bad? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can listen to my favorite song or go for a walk or get some fresh air. And that helps me calm down. And then When I am interacting with my partner, they're not getting all of my pent-up frustration because I took the time to process or to check in with myself. I might still be irritated, but I might be able to say, you know what? I had a really bad day because of X, Y, and Z. It has nothing to do with you. I just need a moment, right? And Mm -hmm. be able to express that so that your partner is not taking your behavior offensively and stuff like that. I also think healthy relationships, to me, have a balance of autonomy and togetherness. Yeah. If there's too much autonomy, then like, <laughs> it's like we're roommates, like we're just right. living our own separate lives. And if there's too much togetherness, then it can feel stifling or it can feel like I don't have a life outside of my partner. Mm-hmm. So there has to be this balance of you still have your own life. You still do what makes you happy and brings you joy. And you do stuff with your partner, too, that builds connection and that brings you two together. But making sure that you don't lose sight of yourself in the relationship is really important. Because Mm -hmm. if you do, then that can lead to resentment. That can lead to blaming your partner for stuff. It can lead to a lot of, like, pressure when you're expecting one person to be your source of joy and happiness. And so when you look to yourself for that, I think that's definitely helpful. Like, obviously, your partner should add to your happiness, Mm -hmm. add to your joy, add to your good memories. Um, but if they're the sole source of it, then that's a lot of pressure on the relationship.
0: Mm, yeah, it is. And I'm thinking about, like, if you depend on them to mm-hmm. make you happy, that's not really leaving them a lot of room to be human and right to mess up and to lean on you when
2: they need mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah, that too. And then if they're depending on you to be happy, that's a lot of pressure that you'd probably feel. Because then it's yeah. like, well if I mess up their day, are they going to blame me? Or, you know, if I have a bad day, is that going to bring everything down? So mm. being able to have other pockets, mm-hmm. you know, that that fill you up outside of your partner. Obviously I think your partner should be one of them in a, a main one, Um, but some stuff does definitely have to come from you.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that, what is the biggest, um, or most common mistake that couples make, like when they come to you, what's one of the biggest hurdles you have to help them get over?
1: Um, A few things popped into my mind, but I think one is when they come to me. A lot of people go to couples therapy after stuff has already hit the fan, after there's been years of resentment or mm. uncommunicated issues there's this idea that if you go to couples therapy so early in the relationship, then that must mean that you're already having problems Mm -hmm. and that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. When some people forget that therapy doesn't always have to be reactionary to problems. It can be proactive.
0: Repeat that, please. Repeat that, please. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah,
1: I mean, therapy doesn't always have to be this reactionary, this bad thing happened and I have to go to therapy. It can also be proactive. It can be, we know that we want to be with each other. Maybe we don't have that many problems right now, but I want us to talk through like, what are our expectations of each other? Right. Therapy is really helpful if there's about to be big transitions. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's before we move in together.
2: Yeah, We've
1: never lived with each other before. What are our expectations? I'm used to going to sleep at midnight and waking up at eight is my partner doing that too or is he going to go to sleep at 9 and wake up at 6 like what are our expectations do we expect each other like what are the roles that we expect in the household what are our, our chores going to be like therapy can be a process where you're discussing certain things mm-hmm. and preparing for transitions mm-hmm. it can be a process where you learn communication skills where you learn the i statements like i feel blank when this yeah. happens and i need in this moment this is what i'm needing so that Maybe you're not having arguments right now, but if they come in the future, you're able to express yourself right in a way that your partner also knows, okay, they're using the I statements. And when they use the I statements, I need to actively listen and repeat what they say and take what I heard from it, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's one mistake is that sometimes people wait too long. Mm -hmm. I mean, the other biggest thing that people or that couples come to therapy for and say their problem is is communication, which Mm -hmm. is very, very vague. yes. (laughs) Because that can be a whole bunch of stuff. And then Mm -hmm. once we, and it's like, oh, okay, so I'm going in thinking like we need to practice active listening and like Mm -hmm. your partner expressing themselves and repeating back what they say. And then communication ends up being like assumptions. And then you did this thing and I never forgave you and I have resentment. And so when I communicate this, you're hearing this other thing. So. Communication is really vague, but I think, especially with couples that have been together for a while,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's sometimes this like assumption, like you make this, my partner said this, and I know that they meant this. And mm-hmm. you don't always check in with your partner. Like, hey, you said this and this is what I took from it. Was that accurate? Like, is that is that how you really feel? Like checking mm-hmm. in what you're hearing your partner say, I think is yeah. really important.
0: The the mind reading is big. Like mm-hmm. you said, especially when you've been with someone for so long, Yeah, it's like, I literally have a conversation in my mind. Like I hear everything my husband is going to say. Like I kind of, I can anticipate what I think he's going to say, but Uh I've recently realized those scripts can be based off of a previous version of your partner. Like if Mm -hmm. you guys have been together for a long time, those scripts are based on who they were when they did that thing that you resent them for now. You Mm -hmm. know, and you're kind of just like, frozen in time with that event yeah. in your relationship. So can you talk a little bit more about resentment and, and why it's so destructive?
1: You hold on to stuff and then you feel like the relationship's not fair, right? Mm. And then and what I've been seeing in certain couples is like the resentment you have doesn't allow you to hear your partner's pain or your partner's feelings, right? Like oh. if you feel resentful towards them for decisions that maybe you felt like you made or you had to sacrifice or Mm -hmm. something like that you might be blaming them for where you are in life Mm -hmm. or when they need help you might be like well I helped you x y and z times and you didn't appreciate Mm -hmm. it so I don't feel like helping you now like Mm -hmm. it can look or sound many different ways but it can definitely be detrimental because it it kind of leads to like you feeling like you're better than your partner, in a sense. Or, like, you have a a higher moral ground. Like, I've done all these things, and you didn't. And, like, you're less than because you didn't do these things or because I expected you to show up in this way,
2: Mm.
1: and you didn't. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then sometimes people aren't really communicating the resentment. So your partner has no idea that you're still mad about when he didn't ask you what you wanted to eat two weeks ago. But like that might have been something that you were festering. And -hmm. then you build the story of like, he doesn't take me into consideration or, you know, and then anything else that he does that might not be intentional. But if two weeks ago he forgot to ask you what you wanted to eat or something, and then last week he... I don't know, I'm trying to make I'm making this up as I go. But, you know, and last <laughs> week he goes to Starbucks and gets a cup of coffee and doesn't bring you back one. Then it's like there's repeated things that he's doing where he's not thinking of me, he's not taking me into consideration. Yeah. And you may not say that or bring it to his attention and he might just think, "Oh, I was rushing" or like
0: Yeah.
1: "You always go get Starbucks anyway, so I thought if you wanted it, you would have got it yourself. Like I mm-hmm. didn't want to bring home too extra." Like he might be thinking that way and it might not be to harm you or to hurt you intentionally and he might not be aware that that's How you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like resentment can be really heavy and weigh on a relationship, especially the long-term relationships, because your partner's gonna hurt your feelings. (laughs) Like, you're like sometimes we hurt the people that we love. We don't intend to, um, but they're gonna hurt your feelings, and Mm -hmm. there's going to be there's gonna need to be forgiveness. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And forgiveness doesn't always mean like just not saying anything it can be bringing it up to them expressing why this hurts you and then choosing to forgive and move forward mm-hmm. but then also with forgiveness comes actually moving forward and not like reminding your partner of their past mistakes or bringing up how they hurt you because vice versa if they were doing that for you that wouldn't feel good so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i think resentment forgiveness all of those things kind of like coincide
0: yeah and I think, too, like, the whole resentment and, like, ass- making assumptions about your partner, it kind of goes back to, um, oh, gosh, I lost my th- my train of thought. I just, okay, here's what I was going to say. <laughs> the, the need to protect yourself. Like, that self-protection
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you feel like, I don't want to be disappointed again so I'm not even going to bring this up because in the past, when I've tried to address this, the outcome was disappointing. So Mm -hmm. I will just let you be and adjust myself accordingly. And it's like, that works in the moment, like for the short term, you know, but Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in the long term, I think it like when I think about marriages where the couple has been together for a long time, but they don't like each other.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, It's kind of like they've learned to coexist and they, there's all this resentment and there's all this self-protection and there's no vulnerability, right? Yeah. Their walls are up. The walls are up. So how do we stay vulnerable in a relationship? How, how can we as couples or even like single people because we're all part of a community right we need Mm -hmm. relationships to thrive how can we maintain a balance of vulnerability when it's needed and self-protection when it's needed hey this is ketsia your relationship coach I am so happy that you're listening to this episode and I would love it if you could help spread the word. If you could go ahead and share this episode with somebody who needs it. Maybe it's your partner, you want to share this episode with and talk through some of the things that were said. I would love to help you guys have that conversation. Um please feel free to share this link with a friend or a family member. And the other thing I would love for you to do is to head over to Instagram, find me at Evolving Wife and hit that follow button because I try to get on there every day to share something that's helpful for my tribe so that you guys can continue your growth journey and continue to work on your relationship. So we're going to head back to the episode right now. But remember to share this episode and remember to follow me on Instagram. Let's go back to the show.
2: Mm.
1: What comes to mind to me is is being vulnerable and speaking your piece one or two times, like making sure that you get something off your chest. Mm-hmm. If after the second time, like you know that you've been vulnerable, I get that the walls go up. Mm-hmm. But if you never express anything, then your partner's not a mind reader, or your friends aren't a mind reader. Like people in general in your life are not mind readers. So if something is bothering you, finding the courage mm. to speak up on it mm-hmm. the first time and even the second time, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Sometimes we, when we have to set boundaries or when we have to deal with people, they may not always remember what we said and it might not always be a slight to us so you may need to repeat yourself you may need to express this hurt my feelings however after the third time maybe if you feel like okay I've I've expressed that I don't like this I've brought this to your attention and you're still not taking it into consideration there's only so many times that you're going to want to repeat yourself and there's only so many times that you're going to allow yourself to feel rejected or ignored or whatever the case may be.
2: Mm. So I
1: think what I try to at least tell myself is like, at least I know that I said something about how I feel after I've said it one or two times or even three after that, it's like, okay, I tried, I did everything that I could. I expressed Mm -hmm. myself. And if that other person doesn't want to take heed to it or doesn't want to Provide reassurance or show change of behavior or whatever it is that you're asking from them, then that's when it's like, okay, I can see why the walls go up. It's real. It's harder to do. Like I think that that's easier advice when you're dating someone yeah. because then it's like, okay, I'm getting to know you. I've expressed what I like and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. You still didn't do it, so maybe we don't work, and then you can walk away. Mm-hmm. When married, um, ideally, you wouldn't just be walking away unless you really need to, because I'm not not in the ministry of like, oh, stay married just for the (laughs) sake of marriage. Um, (laughs) But ideally in a marriage, you wouldn't walk away from not feeling heard immediately. Mm -hmm. But that's where that buildup comes from. Like I've constantly been saying how I feel. And when you say, how do we stay vulnerable? I think our partners or the people around us, not even just partners, but the people around us have have to make us feel safe
2: Mm.
1: to feel vulnerable too, right? Mm. Because if I'm vulnerable and I share how I feel and then I'm laughed at or mocked or ignored, why would I try or want to do that again, right? Mm. It takes a lot of courage and strength. I know people sometimes see vulnerability as a weakness, but in reality, it takes a lot of strength to articulate how you feel and bring it to someone's attention especially when you might be scared of like how are they going to react or mm-hmm. am I going to push them away or can mm-hmm. they handle this but showing your true and authentic self that takes strength
0: yeah I, I love what you said about the people around us mm-hmm. have to make us feel safe Mm-hmm. Um. So, it's, And
1: we have it's, to make them feel safe, too. Like, it's not just yeah. everyone makes me feel safe to be vulnerable. But then when they're vulnerable, I shut them down. Like, that's not right. fair either. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Judgment-free zone.
1: Yeah. And I think that's hard, especially for Black couples, because how Black men are socialized and how Black women are socialized, it can kind of create a clash. Like, I'm not a Black man, so I can't say exactly how they're socialized. But from what I see, mm-hmm. they're socialized, too. Be strong to be the provider to not show emotions to handle everything, to um, like you said, have it all together. Like, mm-hmm. they have to be tough if they show vulnerability mm-hmm. that's seen as a weakness. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily taught to express their emotions, they're taught to like combat things with violence or with aggression, right? And then they get into a relationship with speaking of, I guess, just solely heterosexual relationships. If you get into a relationship with a woman where she... Oh, I'm not even going to say just heterosexual. When you get into a relationship in general,
0: mm-hmm.
2: your
1: partner is most likely expecting you to be vulnerable with them, to share, to like come to them
2: mm-hmm, with stuff. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But if you've never been taught to do that, yeah, that can be hard to do. And then yep. Black women, we are socialized to... We get a lot of mixed messages too because we're socialized to be strong and independent and we don't need a man and we shouldn't depend on a man for our happiness. Um, We have to be nurturing and we have to protect the black man because the world is so hard on the black man. So we have to be the safe space for the black man. And at the same time, like sometimes that protecting black men allows us to allow abuse or allow harm to us. And we're not always saying stuff. If we do say stuff, we're not believed. Like we get a lot of mixed messages too. But basically if the main socialization that we get is to be strong and independent and also nurturing, it's, it's like, okay, I'm not supposed to need this man, but this man has been taught. This man has been taught to be needed. So If he feels like I don't need him, then he feels like he's not doing enough or he feels Mm -hmm. um, emasculated possibly or he feels like I'm not appreciative of him
0: Yeah.
1: when in reality maybe I'm just – I've been taught to I want him, but I don't need him. And so how we've been socialized doesn't always click.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then once kids or children come into play – the stresses of being a parent really impact the relationship too. And so then there's like the gender roles yeah. typically come into play a lot once children are born because mm-hmm. the mother has to be more self-sacrificing. Like her yeah. body's changing. She, If the child is breastfed, because not everyone breastfeeds, but if the child is, then she's mm-hmm. up with the baby because
2: mm-hmm.
1: her body literally has to provide the nourishment. Like So there's mm-hmm. just a lot of... I think how we're socialized that comes into play and can make relationships a little difficult. And so then it feels scary to be vulnerable with your partner because it's like, I don't want to seem too soft. I don't want to seem submissive. I don't want to seem, you know, some of those trigger words that like start up all the conflicts or start up all the like Mm -hmm. controversy.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, Man, I'm going to have to have you back on cuz I have some <laughs> questions, but I I just think of all of these mixed messages and all of these conflicting messages and mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out how to be a parent at the same time. You're you're having all of these changes in the dynamic of your relationship and it's like how do you get through those years? together, not just coexisting, but together. And how do you, how do you figure out like when enough is enough? So like, I'm a woman, I'm a wife, I'm trying to be vulnerable with my husband. I've expressed my needs, but he is so hurt. He has his walls up and there's resentment. And so how long does one wait for their partner to change and see the light? Like, how long do you wait for your needs to start being met before you say, okay, enough is enough. I can't do this anymore.
1: Mm, that's hard. Um, and I don't have an answer just because I think everyone has a different threshold. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different breaking point, right? Um Obviously, in my work, my goal is to keep couples together. But if they're not working, I'm not. I'm. It, in my opinion, it's not my job to tell couples to break up or stay together. Mm-hmm. My job is not to tell them what to do. My job is to help them figure out what it is they want to do and how they can get their needs met. And if they can't get their needs met. How they can step away from the relationship, but still maintain some friendship, some cordialness, some co-parenting relationship if there's kids involved. Um, So how long you wait, I think that really depends on the person and Mm -hmm. that's really hard. Um, And I've seen so many women or couples where they're just not really sure because sometimes we are like, you know, it's a rough patch so we just have to stick through (laughs) it. Sometimes it's like no, this just really isn't working and it's really hard to know the difference. Again, I say in dating it's a little easier but even with dating I sometimes say it's hard to know what is a red flag versus Mm -hmm. what is like we haven't learned each other yet and we'll still we're Mm -hmm. we are still learning each other Mm -hmm. versus you're just simply ignoring what I say or need and you're continuing to do what you want but with marriage it can be really hard to walk away if that's what you're feeling needs to happen but it's Mm -hmm. hard to know like when enough is enough. When it comes to like children getting into the picture and how mm-hmm. to stay vulnerable, how to like navigate that big shift.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I know when children come in, you're often taught or told that like the child has to be your number one priority now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But in reality, I mean, your relationship should be
2: mm-hmm. a
1: higher priority, not to the detriment of your child. I'm not saying to mm-hmm. like <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: not care about your kids by any means. All I mean is that if you solely focus on your children, but you don't focus on the relationship, then what happens when that child is no longer in the home, when that child goes away to college or yeah. to trade school or whatever they decide to do when they get older,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you've been so focused on this child, you and your partner may not like each other or may not know each other. Right. Yeah. And also if, You and your partner are not in a good space, the child can see that, can feel that, can be impacted by that. So, Mm -hmm. prioritizing the couple relationship Mm -hmm. is still really important once you have a child. Like, you still need to be able to make time for date nights, make time for checking in with each other, Mm -hmm. make time for seeing each other outside of just the parent role. Like, yeah, you know, that's really important. And then also making time for yourself so that you're not losing yourself in the marriage or in the role as a parent Mm -hmm. because you are an individual outside of being someone's partner or someone's parent
0: so what are some questions that we can ask ourselves to help us distinguish between a rough patch and this isn't working
2: Mm. Mm,
1: that's a good question
0: um
1: You know what? Actually, I have this book I bought called Conscious Uncoupling. And it's this book about like um, how to break up, but in a whole new way, like wow. consciously choosing like how to uncouple with your partner. Uh-huh. And they have some questions because I, if I sit here and think off the top of my head, um, <laughs> but it talks about like how to know if this book is for you and like, oh. mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I see any, Um, I'll look through the book, but Mm -hmm. I guess off the top of my head, is this, is this a pattern, right? Like, Mm -hmm. am I seeing any efforts? Well, one, have I expressed to my partner what I'm needing? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. we may not have said anything and we may feel like we are at our wit's end and our partner does not know
0: correct
1: have i expressed to them (laughs) what i am feeling do they know that this is where i'm at Mm
2: -hmm.
1: after expressing have i done like are there things that i need to work on Mm -hmm. to help this relationship Mm -hmm. um i've expressed to them what i need do i see any changes Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and i don't expect the changes to be tomorrow but
0: effort at least
1: yeah. You know, is there intention? Is there effort? Is there, were they, maybe they might not have been understanding when you said I'm at my wit's end cause that's probably going to hurt their feelings, but mm-hmm. could they at least maybe see where you were coming from? Mm-hmm. Could they express that, you know, maybe I've been feeling the same way too, or I just haven't been able to give as much effort because work is stressing me out or the kids mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Like,
2: mm-hmm. have
1: you had a conversation with your partner about where you're at? Do you see any effort any changes in them and is there anything that you could do to make the relationship better that you have not tried? Mm-hmm. Um, So that's what comes up to yeah. me.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times people are so afraid of like either hurting their partner's feelings or just afraid of rocking the boat. Like, man, uh-huh. if we have this conversation, there's no telling if, everything is going to blow up and this marriage or relationship is going to end. Like maybe I should just don't poke the bear type situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you mentioned like expressing exactly how we're feeling, what we need, and then taking steps on our end to make sure that we've addressed what we need to address within ourselves. Cause sometimes yeah. it it may be that yes, your partner is triggering you, but the, the thing that is being triggered is something that you need to address like right away because it's Mm -hmm. affecting you and probably in other areas of your life as well. Right. So, um, so those are all really good questions.
1: Um, Yeah. And I was trying to look through the book really quickly because the book is conscious uncoupling and it's Mm -hmm. really, it was a really good book. I read it maybe like a year and a half, two ish Mm -hmm. ago. Um, but it has like questions to ask yourself. It talks about like why breakups can be so bitter. So it talks about like when we are attached to someone and losing that person, like you're going to feel pain, like biologically Mm -hmm. there's hormones that are released. There's things that like Mm -hmm. want us to feel connected to somebody. Mm -hmm. And so losing that person can be really hard, but then how to like process and talk through with that person what's needed or how you will end the relationship in a way that is, as healthy as possible that doesn't have to lead to like the bitterness or the arguing, especially if there's children involved. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good book. Um, but it is, it does have a section where it's like, obviously this book is not just about breaking up. Like, is this really for you? Have you tried everything? And so it does have mm-hmm. some questions mm-hmm. in there as well.
0: And it's called conscious uncoupling. Yes. By Katherine Woodward Thomas. Awesome. Thank you. So as we start to wrap things up, Um, gosh, there's so many other questions I wanted to ask. So we're going to have to have a part two. Um, but as we start to wrap things up, what do you want? Like, what is your final message that you want all of our listeners to take away when it comes to having a healthy relationship?
1: Um the most important healthy relationship to have is with yourself first. Mm. That does not mean that you cuz I've been seeing other stuff too like telling someone who's single or whatever like oh just love yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: not what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um because loving yourself is great and you can love yourself all that you want and still desire companionship and that's a human emotion and I understand yeah. that. I just mean that making sure you have a healthy relationship with yourself is important because that helps you to then assert that same or expect that type of relationship with other people. Ooh. So making time to check in on your needs, check mm-hmm. in on like what's making me feel good. What am I needing? Mm-hmm. Um, something at work triggered me or something in the news triggered me. Did I take mm-hmm. a second to process and figure that out? And then that way, when you do get into a relationship or when, if you're already in one you have the same skills because you've mm-hmm. been doing it with yourself and you can let someone in and let them know those things too. And you know how you treat yourself can be um, a determinant on how you allow others to treat you. So if mm. there are certain things that you stick to boundaries with yourself or you know that you don't speak to yourself in a harsh way or you don't belittle yourself, then it'd probably be, easier for you to not accept that behavior from someone else because when it feels good when you have peace in being alone then when you choose someone else it's like I'm choosing you not because I need you not because I'm right. afraid of being alone or lonely I'm choosing you because you add to my life because mm-hmm. you bring more peace than my solitude or maybe not more but you bring just as mm-hmm. much peace mm-hmm. as my solitude um and I don't have to choose you out of loneliness I don't have to choose you out of like only wanting the title
0: yeah. because
1: I've been by myself and I've enjoyed that time. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing you because you add to my life and because mm-hmm. you make me feel better or you, you know, you do other things. And I do appreciate that companionship, but I also appreciate who it's coming from. And, you know, you treat me the way that I would want to be treated and stuff like that.
0: Yes. I love that. So as we wrap things up, can you tell all of our listeners what services you offer and how they can find you online?
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, I offer individual and couple therapy. I am at capacity at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I I mean it's really hard because I feel so bad. Like I want to be able to see everyone. Um, mm-hmm. but I just cannot. Mm-hmm. But you can find me on Instagram at therapy is my jam. You can find me online. My website is www.therapyismyjam.com. You can, from my website, you can subscribe to my newsletter. I send out like a monthly jam. So it's Mm -hmm. like journal prompts, affirmations, and a mindfulness moment. Um, So you can subscribe to the newsletter. Um, Anything else? I often write for Therapy for Black Girls. So you can see some of my writing there. And Oh, and I yeah, my book, um, the C B T Journal for Mental Health. Um yes. I don't feel like obviously a book is not therapy, so mm-hmm. it would not replace that, but I mm-hmm. think it can be a helpful addition and it has journal prompts, it has exercises to help you reframe your thinking and mm-hmm. um so yeah, those are some of the ways that you can get in touch.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan. We were so happy. Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. And we will have you back. Yes. So- I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Relationship Podcast. More episodes are coming soon, but in the meantime, you can head to the show notes to get all of the different resources that Jordan and I mentioned during our conversation. And I would love it if you paused and rated or write a review for the show. This is how people are going to find the podcast, share it with a friend that you know needs to hear it. And I will see you on the next episode of the Relationship Podcast. Until then,
2: happy healing.